everybody, it's Andrew. Usually I have an ad to read, but this is a little strange. It's actually a help wanted ad. It's um from a guy named Tanelir Tavan, uh, aka the collector. Um he has a help wanted. He's lost many of his precious relics. Um I believe there was an accident in the uh the space station nowhere. Uh, so he is looking for, if you can find him, a dog with a space helmet on, uh, an ancient cocoon, and something called an infinity stone. Uh, so if you have any uh, any leads on this, please contact Tenilir Tavon, uh, the collector, care of nowhere, uh, space station. Okay, thank you very much, guys, and uh, enjoy today's episode. Hey everybody, <laughs> welcome to episode of the Gentleman Overlords Podcast. I'm oh Andrew. My God. I'm Robert. I'm Max. Ah, that was purely just if you could see their faces. I was like, it's one of my favorite parts of the podcast is seeing what um, is seeing what music selection you're gonna pick to that ties into the the movie we're covering usually. So doesn't didn't disappoint. If you want to know the the process behind selecting that song, it was I could not think of a song that would well, I, I, that would right appropriately be it, funny. Intergal- Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys might have been a good one. Damn it! Oh well, <laughs> that would have been pretty good. <laughs> Guardians three, I guess we'll we'll save that for yeah, Guardians sure, sure. Three. Um, hi guys, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> Things are good. Things are good. Um, wow, my microphone just moved closer to my mouth. Um, it's trying to get to you. It's trying to get me to talk more into the microphone. So guys, um, before we get into Guardians, and we had another space-faring movie to talk about, or you guys, these two do, um, we want to briefly mention, just because it's been a topic of conversation for us many times, um, There, or at least his movies have been, not him personally, um, his movies have been, and we just wanted to send a quick, uh, condolences out to Zack Snyder and his family. Yeah. Um, it was an awful mm-hmm. tragedy that happened and, uh, we've not always been the biggest fans of his movies, but that doesn't mean that we don't think of him less as a human being. So I, this is a terrible tragedy that happened and I really feel for him and I hope, the, you know, the best for him and his family going forward and I hope they can recover from this. I definitely, and I feel like if if for him himself and everyone else involved, it's better to to step back from something that's so big like that. That is fine, and I hope I would hope uh, the fans and detractors alike would just understand that that's an important decision he had to make. And yeah, yeah, it it doesn't affect yeah thoughts on the work. It's just that yeah he needs to take care of himself and everyone else. Yeah. So we should say from the tragedy, he did step down as the director, or at least the. He will not finish Justice League. Yeah. And Joss Whedon has stepped in to, to finish the movie for him. But that is what we're talking about. He had to, st- due to a family tragedy, had to step down as the director of Justice League from here on out. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see kind of down the line. I wonder, you know, when he's in a better place, if he'll still be kind of the, the guiding force for the, the DC universe or not. I guess we'll, we'll kind of see what the, what the future holds. Yeah. I think he's uh, staying on a bit as like a producer. I Consult. don't think he's going to okay. be yeah very involved, but he will be involved. Sure. Okay. All right. So yeah. yeah, condolences out to Zack Snyder and his family. Um, 
the other topic at hand i didn't see this movie fellas but both of you did um you both saw alien covenant mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. <laughs> so we were gonna to go behind the curtain again um we were gonna record last night but max had made plans to go see <laughs> alien covenant mm-hmm. robert's immediate reaction was don't, don't. do it <laughs> so I feel like maybe Robert has some thoughts on maybe I like my my opinion on it. What uh-huh. did you? I I don't know. Well, I'm excited. You haven't said anything about it yet, Max. So I'm excited to hear what you think. Oh, well, I'm excited to hear what you think because you said it was so terrible. You, you first, though. It. You no, know, you go I, first. Okay, now you're okay. Words, I'll, I'll say my opinion. Uh, I saw the trailer, uh-huh. and I'm surprised that Danny McBride's in it. Yeah, definitely not one of the worst parts of the movie that's for sure i thought he did a did and a james job. franco's in it no he is he is <laughs> just ba- barely barely but he's in like i think they they filmed some like pre-release thing i sure. have some things to say about that but anyway <laughs> <laughs> well, go for it <laughs> now's the time uh, should we no, say should no. we say up top you guys are probably going to talk some spoilers, well, spoilers about spoilers in case the point needs to be made okay i'll just yeah. i'll just start off and say um i this felt like a lot like a a Prometheus sequel, um, less than an Aliens movie, even though it had more xenomorphs and, and creatures in it. Um, and it, it didn't feel like a Ridley Scott movie to me. It was just, you look at the original Alien, um, and it's just like a masterpiece of, of horror. And obviously it's been a long time, but it's a very different kind of film. And I just didn't really hit that mark for me for an alien movie like some of them do i don't know i just it reminded me not to be super harsh but like of the prequels for star wars where like i don't need to see every connective tissue of like where this all came from like part of the scariness of alien is like just the mystery of it it's just this thing and it's here and it's hard to beat and and i feel like trying to explain all that is is kind of not the right path Hmm. I think that uh, like I've seen, I believe, all the Alien movies at this point, but I wouldn't consider myself a huge Alien fan. I've, I've mm-hmm. thought they were all like they were good. I enjoyed watching them. Sure, I would. And, I would generally uh, agree. I think there's always there's something in any of them that are that's enjoyable. Yeah, and I think the the first one that everyone kind of like the first and the second are the ones that people really consider to be like oh yeah, cream of the crop. I was pretty pretty bored for the first one. Like the first time I saw it, I saw it at a party and it was on in the background kind no. of a weird way to watch it <laughs> there's not a yo what a great party movie too but um, uh, i think around, gather around kitties we're gonna I, i've gone back and watched it since then and I, I enjoy it it's just not uh one of those things that i grew up with and it's like part of who i am or anything like that sure so um as a sequel to prometheus is like i agree with you it does feel like that but i think that's a good thing i think that it actually went back and kind of made prometheus a little bit more of a like it connected it a bit better. It's a hmm. first step towards uh, Alien. I think they're going to put a couple more movies in between. That's the rumor, yeah. And I think that works. I think as as that, it, it did its job well. Hmm. And I thought it was uh, even fairly interesting standing on its own. Uh, some of the stuff going on with uh, David the Robot and how he, like if, like, um, you know, who's the creator and what they're creating and all yeah. of that stuff. I liked some of the themes they carried over from Prometheus, but, um, and I feel like I... This is a common complaint for me for like a lot of movies where like the idea of like a robot that's like really perfect and smart and can kind of create is interesting to me and it's been explored more often and uh, you know as we go along 
But I don't know why Ridley Scott couldn't have made a movie that was about that, that I consider to be one of the more interesting parts of the film and have it not be part of the alien universe. And the the short answer is mm. is what it always is, which is like you put Alien Covenant on the thing and everyone, you get everyone in the seat to see what it's all about. And I just, it feels like he's got some ideas that he's like shoehorning in to the Alien franchise that I would rather see as like as a standalone film or something. Do you think it would have been confusing to see if you hadn't seen Prometheus? Do you feel like it's enough? The fact that it's not called Prometheus 2 and is, is called Alien Covenant, do you think you would be lost if you hadn't seen the previous film i don't think you would be lost but i think there were things that you would miss out on sure i I feel like it explains some stuff and um but i did want to mention really quick the supplemental stuff you mentioned how there's like crew videos and stuff that they put out online Mm -hmm. um which i think is is fun sometimes movies i more often now i'm trying to go in cold on movies i try not to take in every single trailer um but with this they had a whole prologue where uh james franco says oh good night guys i'm not feeling well and goes to his cryopod and then you get a scene with a lot of the crew members um, having a drink and kind of talking. And I feel like you got more character out of that from like a YouTube video that you're supposed to watch before the film kind of than what you get in the movie where like everyone wakes up all of a sudden in the starting and it's tragedy and you, and you don't really have a a bearing of who is with who there's like mostly couples in the movie. And um, I don't know. I felt on that level, like there was almost like twice as many people as there were in Prometheus, but like I cared half as much about them. I didn't, I didn't get as much characterization in a movie. And hmm. I think some people's argument for an alien film is like, you just need a bunch of people that aliens can, can kill right away. But at some point I don't care how many CG aliens like whip their tail and knock someone's jaw off. If I haven't, if I haven't gotten to know them or meet them or anything yeah. like that. So that is one thing that I noticed is that it seemed to have a bigger cast or at least a bigger, yeah. like main central cast and people kept showing up where I was like, who's this person? And then they're dead. And then I like, yeah, they also had some pretty dubious, like, for all the the fault that people found with some of the um, the scientists and Prometheus kind of doing some some silly things, yeah. they don't wear helmets when they first step onto this like one alien planet. And the main way that people get infected are like spores that like literally like any sort of head covering would have like helped you out there. So little things like that where it was just more of the same shoddy science. Um, not that the alien like I think in the first movie it it the face record goes through someone's helmet and like burns through with acid and then gets on their mouth. So not saying it wouldn't have been corrected with a simple scene, but like, I don't know. I just, at some point, like I can't even root for these people when they're, when they're just doing stuff like that. But, uh, but I digress. I, I wouldn't solidly recommend it. I, I just felt it, it didn't feel like the man who made the original to me. So that was a little bit of a bummer. Hmm. Anyway. Well, shall we move on? Yeah. Let's move on fellows. I'm going to wake back up now that I've taken my, nap while you guys talk about mm-hmm. alien covenant good morning um, andrew oh, what are we talking about now we're talking about guardians of the galaxy volume two what song is that from the movie uh that's fox on the run oh well, there you go from the movie i uh, yeah um we're talking about guardians of the galaxy volume two here on the garden gentlemen the overlords <laughs> podcast uh i'm here with my friends max and robert i'm andrew and uh well we have a fresh take on guardians of the galaxy volume two here it comes what'd you guys think of the movie uh just in general you want my my overall uh overall opinion what do you think of the movie i really really liked it yeah i i really loved it i'm i'm mostly excited to hear from you because i think until recently it was your favorite marvel movie correct 
Yeah. Max, what did you think of the movie? I thought it was uh, pretty good. Good. It was fun, mm-hmm. but it, I thought it was a major step down from the first one. Whoa! I agree with Max. Mm-hmm. Major step. Down. Not a ma- well, major step down. Might be too strong. I I still I like the movie a lot. Okay. Um, but there's a little bit of uh, like I when I say this, it's like I I feel like it's very nitpicky because like I love I I would genuinely say go see the movie. I think the movie is super enjoyable. It's fun in ways that like I want summer blockbuster movies to mm-hmm. be fun. It sure. doesn't take itself super seriously. The action's really good in it. The characters are well developed, but it does it is mi- it's missing something from the first movie. Do you uh, know? Go for it. I think my problem Lee with Pace. It. It's missing Lee Pace. <laughs> my problem with it was <laughs> that it added. I think something that I didn't really need to see. <laughs> and that was like very sappy scene. Are you talking about Groot? <laughs> oh, but <boy. laughs> not bad, Robert. <laughs> I, actually, I, I noticed, um, <laughs> I noticed Groot, the change in Groot's uh, character of personality yeah. left a kind of a gaping hole, I thought. And, uh, hmm. and like kind of added a character that they already had, so he he kind of like switched from being this calm center to the whole group and uh, became just kind of a rapscallion who doesn't quite fully understand some things and then is a wild card in other ways and gets people into trouble. He's like and a baby. Those, but he's so but those, cute though. <laughs> yeah. Both of those traits are already covered by Drax and Rocket Raccoon. You're right. And Drax is so the cutest character in exactly. the movie. Yeah. He's that, the adorable one. That is, an int- that is a good point that like they, they took a character that was one way and... I don't know what the exact rules on Baby Groot are, but it's like he sort of he remembers who he oh, is. Oh, I've got them right here. Let me yeah, pull them okay, out. Okay, please, yeah, please do. Do not um, talk about Baby Groot. Rule two: Do not talk about Baby Groot. If it's your first night in Baby Groot, you have to Baby <laughs> Groot. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Fine. All right. Ow. Um, but in but you're right in the way that like he is more careless. He's not as powerful. He kind of understands and kind of doesn't. So that is something you don't often get for a sequel: is a character to change so much so so completely like kind of go go backwards literally in age like that and mm-hmm. i i can see that uh unless it's that, benjamin button yeah that was a good movie is, is this the marvel version of benjamin button sure why not great okay we cracked it <laughs> so, um, now, so now he's going backwards from baby is that what we're doing i don't, I don't know is that how that movie i haven't seen benjamin <laughs> okay. button well do we want to the curious uh, case of i am groot i i'm excited That's, because i want to hear kind of i want to hear kind of what what you felt like was lacking about it but should we go through the plot or what do you would you want to talk about so the characters or something what do you want to do we can talk about i, I guess like i think most people who are hearing this have probably seen the movie yeah. or will go see the movie so i guess we don't have to do a plot by point yeah. plot we by mention, point yeah the, the classic, classic plot by point uh <laughs> review but like what what are some of your favorite like what's your favorite do you have a favorite set piece in the movie like do you have a favorite action scene <laughs> I, I really like the first one that's my favorite too. The big, one that they showed in the ten- trailers a lot with the big, big tentacle guy. Yeah, who's like that scored to ELO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Blue Sky, yeah. and it's like barfing rainbow beams. That's that what I loved about fire. it so much. I, yeah. I really like how this movie just went completely colorful, and it didn't have to make sense. And the guy, he, yeah, he's just like spitting up rainbows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they burned stuff, but they were it was yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool scene. I I agree with you. I think having a movie that kind of takes place in outer space allows it to be more colorful than other movies like having a I race mean, of people that are just pure gold yeah 
even though they're just white people in disguise. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. But um, um like to to contrast that Alien Covenant also took place in, in space, space and it, it did not have any so rainbows yeah. coming out so um, like it, it's really a choice that they made and you could do a colorful movie on earth too it's just like yeah. they they went for it and that's good well, I, I think more movies should and one thing in particular about that that scene that I liked is that that was in a lot of the trailers and it made it seem like that was a mid to end movie fight and very cleverly, yeah. they decided the to make it scene. the very first scene for the yeah. most part. So. They, yeah, did, I, they did a really good it. job of like not giving away a ton in the trailers, I thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. I feel like the major, even some of the, there was a reveal in one of the trailers about, you know, Star Wars' dad, that, that's yeah. the thrust of the main plot. But that happens on screen, I would say, within the first 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So luckily, I feel like a lot of the stuff that I enjoyed from the from the trailer was up front in the film. And maybe it's it's a fault of my own have maybe just not piecing it together from the trailers, but I genuinely didn't know who the villain of the movie was going to be. No, I think they did when, a good. When uh, I went into the movie, yeah. I remember saying to somebody, "I'm kind of excited because I don't know who's going to be the villain." Mm-hmm. And so th- that might be. I think some people might have a problem with that. Marvel has sort of a problem, maybe not establishing their villains very well sometimes, mm-hmm. and not going going into a movie and not having. I mean, I had some idea, but like not knowing exactly who the villain of the movie was going to be was mm-hmm. kind of interesting and kind of a, a fun reveal when it happened mm-hmm. over who the villain was. And they had kind of they, the the sovereign race, the the golden people are sort of the the kind of upfront bad guy where like they're they're angry with the Guardians after their contract is over and then kind of pursue them the rest of the film. And then they have like, yeah, then they have like more of like a nuanced bad guy, which I'm interested to hear what your guys' opinion on on the, the villain are and, and sure. stuff like that. Um, and I mean, I think we also have to comment on the soundtrack too. Did you like the, what do you think you liked more? Do you think you liked overall, like the, the songs they picked for this movie or the original more? I, my own personal taste. I, I like the original. Sure. A little more. Um, I know that you are a huge fan of that Brandy song. Oh yes, I am. And when I told you that that song was on the soundtrack, you basically flipped in the air. You jumped up. It was amazing. Yeah. Yep. Last flip I've ever done. The last mm. flip. Well, let's not speak <laughs> and, for the future. Yeah, until the Guardians Three soundtrack comes out. Yeah, which that's another uh, uh, plot point as well. Um, uh, yeah, no, I just thought the soundtrack was really great and it had some good stuff. It's hard though because I, I think it's it's interesting because it's this movie more than the first movie. A a big plot point of the movie is one of the songs, mm-hmm. and that is mm-hmm. the Brandy song that we mentioned. Yeah, is a big it, crux of the plot of this movie. They bring it back a couple times and it tells a story. It's definitely like important thematically. Yeah. The other songs are sort of set up against the the action scenes and stuff too. Yeah. Um and some I hadn't heard and some were on kind of on the nose and but I really liked it. I loved um the scene where they're approaching Ego's planet and uh what is it? My Sweet Lord by George Harrison is yeah. playing. Yeah. And it's like this big paradise and it's but it's also a song about like wanting to meet God and yeah. ego is a celestial. So it's a, I don't know. It's working on that level too. I mm-hmm. like that though. What'd um, you think of the soundtrack, Max? I thought that it, this one, for some reason I'm having trouble remembering it. Like uh, it didn't stand out as much as the first one did. There's, I, I think like 
in the first one, I feel like there's enough um, difference in the songs. There's enough variety in the songs. Mm-hmm. I think there's a couple songs on this soundtrack that kind of blend, blend together. Yeah. I think that's what happened. Yeah. Or have just a really short, it's sort of like a go-between on some yeah. of them. Like it, it's just uh, it, at the tail end of one scene. Or I also did flash. feel like, I remember thinking in the movie, I think it was like 45 minutes into the movie and I think they'd already played like eight songs yep. from the soundtrack oh. and I was thinking like, they're blowing through these songs pretty quickly. I wonder if the end of the end just not going to have that much music i and i think it turned out being that like the the last half definitely was a little less song heavy and or they kind of parsed them out a little bit more Mm -hmm. so it almost felt like don't worry we still have the music and stuff but it's also part of the theme that like you're not with peter the whole time that the team in general is broken up a little bit more in this film yeah so for one reason or another sometimes there's gaps between the songs i think rocket rocket comments at one point like hey do you still have you know quill's old music on the ship and you know wants to use it for something um so yeah i think for that reason too like the back end is a little less song heavy yeah and this i think marvel i think superhero sequels in general have a problem of introducing too many characters and this movie really only introduced i think two new main characters or primary characters yeah ego and mantis yeah, if they're the primary ones. It also introduced uh, Sylvester Stallone. I guess he wasn't a huge part of it, but I no. think he's kind of a... I feel like he was kind of a major character. He's... A, I mean, the, the we can get to it later, but there's a scene at the end where there's Sylvester Stallone and like four other characters. That's the original, original Guardians mm. of the Galaxy team. Yeah. So that was, I don't know if that was like a tease for the third movie or if that was just like a little thing where they throw out like, hey, this is kind of fun. This is the actual old... Mm. guardians team it's hard to say because it's like yeah stallone himself is like kind of getting up there so i don't know if they're like banking on him to be like the headliner for a whole new spinoff but right. i would like to see them and those characters show up in some form in the other in another yeah film. and i think in interviews afterwards he said he's very interested like not just like oh i think they could show up more but he's very interested in having them come back so i think of course they, even if they don't get there <laughs> of course i'd yeah. be willing to take a multi-million dollar paycheck to do i don't yeah. i don't think that's necessarily what he said like I he's, know, he's I know, got I plenty know. with guardians and he could do all this other stuff and i think he's setting up uh, another rocky Adam movie Warlock. i wish i wish that in a movie with kurt russell and sylvester stallone that they had shared a scene together sure. in this movie because I, they were in Tango and Cash, and oh, I yeah. just think it would have been amazing to have, I don't know, to have them high five, have Moonwalk and Creds, yeah, the space version, right? I don't, I don't know. If, yeah, oh, well, I mean, it, it could have been good if it worked, you know. But sure, like, I, to shoehorn like a, a meeting yeah. between the two of them in, kind of a stretch when they're both on different. No, I think they should have pointed like at each other and said, <laughs> "Hey, Tango," and said, "Hey, Cash," and then they yeah. should have, "Hey, yeah. you want a Tango? Only if you've got the cash." Yes, exactly. Something like that, yeah. When exactly that was on Ego's planet or <sighs> Ego left? Yeah. It's, uh, no. Well, it, if, I think it would have taken a lot to get them together. Planet? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's what it's I needed in that film. Oh, Sly Stallone just showed up. Did, did you have a question about the movie, kid? Uh, yeah, I was wondering if uh, what it was like working with Michelle Yeoh. Yo. <laughs> Thank you. Is that what you would say to her when you would see her That's on set? That's what I'd say whenever she showed up on set. That's what it was like working with the with the old Sly Stallone himself. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for coming by. Uh, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go to yeah, the bathroom. You can negotiate your contract for your spinoff Guardians movie. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see in Guardians Three, kids. Well, that was the Italian stallion, everybody. Whoosh. Oh, he wrote his. Oh, he had a, an, an Italian stallion. Is what he wrote there. Um. <laughs> <what did> he, <laughs> Oh, and the horse came back. 
Oh, he borrowed your horse. Got it. Um, well, what do you guys think of uh, of the? <laughs> you got right over there, Max. <laughs> he borrowed. Ah, the horse. I have a, a I have a right. yeah stable of horses in the in the room here. And then I'll just like, come come back on cue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, what what did you think? We could roll that into. We we should get into some more specifics about some of the the things we're talking about. But like, what did you think of like the story overall? Like as a because that's another thing I feel like a sequel struggles with often is like a little bit of a a slump. It was sure. kind of a there was a lot of stakes with the Infinity Stone in the first movie and everyone trying to get this thing that was super powerful and there were big stakes in this too. But it felt like a smaller, more personal story for like the character. It did. Um, yeah. I I think that's probably where the movie suffers the most is mm-hmm. the story. Mm. Um, I, go yeah, ahead. I thought the story was all right. I just thought the pacing to me of the story. So maybe like those two kind of go hand in hand. But uh, it seemed like they would have scenes where they just stopped and said like, okay, now these two characters are going to get together, like work out their deal and specifically state what the problem is and then like address it. Yeah. So you had like... Yondu and Rocket and he's Yondu's like hey I'm I I understand you and then he goes beyond I'm that like he's you. like I'm I'm like you he's like yeah I've been through a lot it's just exactly like what you've been through I push away my friends and he just like keeps going on and then he stares him in the face and he's like I'm just like you yeah and they sit on that for like three seconds I'm like come on man we can, that's the, like yeah there I mean, should be like much. there should it's be a, like a sign that says like audience yeah, cries or and something then you have, like, yeah you have Nebula and Gamora are yeah, yeah, to hash exactly. things out and I just wanted a sister just like specifically stating exactly what the I, problem is I, it's a big move it's a movie that's trying to keep it under a certain amount of time and they have these characters they're trying to trying to flesh out and they're trying to flesh all of them out so i wish i understand that no, I but know. if you have all that much time and you want to flesh all these characters out then you be subtle with it mm-hmm. you don't like spend so long to specifically state everything you sure. have you have some issues there and then they you see they kind of work them out or something but to to specifically go into all that and say like, okay, any of those, this is a scene where we're going to bring this up and then address it, and then we're going to bring this up and we're going to address it. Well, were any of those scenes or was there any particular pairing of some of the characters that you guys enjoyed? Like, was there any were there any of like those in particular you liked? I felt like Yondu and Rocket. I I liked a lot of their interaction. I I could have if they I want like a couple of these scenes to be trimmed down by about like 30 seconds and then I mm-hmm. think I would like the movie a lot more. It's weird how much that that like explicitly stating those things uh bothered me because yeah. I think certain things were good and I did like that. And one of the pairings that I enjoyed uh was um, Mantis and, um, Groot, and Drax. Or, uh, Drax. That was yeah. exactly the one I was going to bring up too. And that yeah. was the one where they didn't really have a moral to the story of it. They were just kind of like doing stuff together doing stuff but also sort of i don't know i think like drax sort of empowering her in a way while turning her down (laughs) while turning her down but yeah i don't know that that's that is one of my uh i was uh, talking to someone and like that was one of the criticisms of all of like the interactions between them was like drax kind of punching down like comedy wise for it sure and like i don't know if i've if you guys would agree or not, but like it was pointed out to me that like, so when he first meets Mantis and Mantis, uh, uh, if you've seen the film is, is ego's sort of like, they even refer to her as like a pet at some point, someone that, uh, like a larva, the ego found and raised and she's an empath and can help him sleep because he's a celestial being takes a lot to kind of like calm him down. Um, but it's sort of established that she's had this strange upbringing and, doesn't have understanding of a lot of basic things, just having not been out there. 
So I felt like the whole joke of, of Drax and her is kind of like he finds her disgusting physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but she still finds some meaning through him like finding positive qualities about her where she maybe is not found that before i feel like i'm defending the drax character yeah, no, no, i don't mean to well, no but, i still i i agree with you i think like him punching down well, and sort of making a mockery of her while empowering her it goes through to the end because he does say like by the end like you're beautiful and then he's like on the inside and it's like oh i get it like he doesn't find her attractive but i think the thing that initially i didn't understand and then i i came to understand was like that is on character. He's he's very literal. He can't help himself saying this thing that he's thinking, whatever. But like, there's so many other ways that you could maintain that Drax takes things literally Correct. and doesn't get metaphors, and you know has one understanding or another. And it it felt like it was just the through line for them. Like Mantis wakes him up at one point to reveal something to him later in the film, and his first instinct is, "Oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to mate with you." And then does this fake throw up thing, and it's like we get it. He finds her disgusting, but like we don't know how he feels about Gamora if he finds her disgusting, but he's not telling her throughout the whole film. Right. Like, he, never, he, he, he never mentions barf. to another female character. So I find your appearance. So I know. felt like it was a surface level funny, but it did feel like punching down a little bit where like, even after he understood her circumstances, it didn't stop that gag. And I was just kind of like, I don't know. The more I thought about it, the more I was like, Oh, that's a shame that like there wasn't something else that he could misunderstand that would yeah. still keep his character the way it was. Like the thing about his wife not wanting to dance and how attractive he found it that like she just wouldn't move her foot to a to the beat of a, 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 an incredible song was a funny kind of insight and character thing that didn't require, I don't know, I don't know. It, it was just, I and I liked the Mantis character actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was an interesting addition to the movie, but yeah, that was just something the more I thought about, I was a little bit like, oh, that felt too that felt easy, like sort I of mean spirited in a way. I a guess. little. I I, yeah. I wish I wish there would been more. I felt like it was the lowest hanging fruit for what you could have had between those two. I right. feel like, I feel like there was something else he could have harped on or something like that. Yeah, or at least just a variety. Like yeah, he could have he could have done that and something else. Right? She didn't have to keep calling her ugly or refer to her appearance mm-hmm. in yeah, every sure. every interaction, and especially since it's like only her thing. Well, but to but to move on, like I I guess for like the other new character, did you guys like Kurt Russell in the movie? Did you like him? This as This is a... two Kurt Russell movies in a row for us. Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. Mr. Nobody's back. Yeah, Mr. And, Nobody's and back. Two Vin Diesel movies in a row. This is the third Vin Diesel oh. movie this year. Okay, this oh, guys, we are. You could say the Vin diagram. Yeah. Okay. Got, let me see. I think my mic turned off for a second because you did not, maybe you didn't hear it. Guys, I think that makes us the Vin diagram. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the sound of uh, <clears throat> the oh, audience clapping and laughing. Pitter patter. Yeah. And Max, I just like to pause every once in a while when I feel like I've really landed a joke and pretend like just picture how much everybody else is laughing. And you're going to draw the Vin diagram, right, Max? <laughs> oh yeah, that's that'll be the uh, cover art for this one. Great. <laughs> okay, great. great. It could be something Guardians related too, maybe. Ah, uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Maybe. I oh. would mostly like to see Dom Toretto and then uh, Xander Cage and then maybe maybe a little little teeny wee baby group. Oh, where do they all overlap? Well, but what did you? I mean, did you did you like him as in general? Did you like how he uh, the job? Kurt he did? Russell. Yeah. By the way, we're talking about yeah. Vin Diesel. Yeah, he's beautiful. 
He's beautiful. <laughs> no, I thought he did a good job. I thought he looked beautiful in the starting. I thought that was the best CG de-aging I had seen so far. Apparently, it wasn't a whole lot of CG. They did a lot of that with practical effects. Is what, you what charmer you? That's what he said. Oh, I don't know. Baby. He his his uh, makeup guy is really good at what he does. His makeup guy was like, I. he sent me home. I, <laughs> this is all Mr. Flawless. Russell, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I just thought that was like a good... And it sounds like he was on the set. They... Did a little makeup and then they just CG a little bit just to smooth everything out and it looked great and he was standing there and it looked cool and I I liked that I thought that was awesome but overall I liked his performance I thought he was uh, he was interesting but I guess we should probably if we want to get into more some story. some plot some plot stuff some spoilery yeah. stuff about it so ego ends up being Quill's father we find out he shows up basically they're under attack by the the what, what the was sovereign it? the sovereign the gold people mm-hmm. and they i thought i thought their like way of powering their ships was pretty funny they have oh these, like, i love that these like stations but they're oh, yeah. sort of like Video they're like arcade machines. yeah they're like old arcade machines and they're making the noises too and people are like yeah, beep, beep, yeah beep. whenever like one <laughs> dies like they seem to gather around the one still operating still ones there. i thought i just thought those are really funny it makes them seem very unthreatening to have i, I thought that was good that they had this like I, a great analogy of this race that thinks they're so, so like genetically superior. Well, they would never superior. put themselves in actual harm's way. I was like, where were your ships when this big pink tentacle thing is coming in the starting of the movie? Like, you can't defend your own, yeah. your own it, planet? Pe- people ask that too and they kind of like said uh, that's beneath them to do that. And so I, I love the fact that they're like incapable this, of doing this stuff and then they, they go and do their own thing. They're just kind of bumbling idiots but they think they're so genetically yeah, yeah. superior Yeah, and finding fault with who they yeah. hired when they wouldn't do it themselves. Yeah. I did yeah. like that. That was, it was, they were pretty funny. So they send out a bunch of those ships to attack the Milano because they've stole, like, what the Guardians were sent to defend, they ended up stealing. Well, mm-hmm. rockets. Stole. Rockets stole. And so they're after them and Ego obliterates their army. Mm-hmm and comes to Peter and tells him he's his dad and he should come back to his planet with him. Turns out he's, he's the planet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Planet sized daddy. Hit daddy the planet. <laughs> <laughs> My daddy, the planet starring Chris Pratt is what this movie should have been. <laughs> Usually okay, titles that's are. the cover art. <laughs> My, oh. da- My daddy, the planet. I want a Matthew McConaughey style, like leaning up against the globe, and then a picture of Chris, uh, Kurt Russell's face. Well, you know, we'll workshop it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, I don't think we will. And, and, you'll, and you'll do it. And you'll like it. <laughs> I already finished the cover up, by the way. <laughs> well, and it's exactly what you guys are talking. Exactly. We, didn't, we didn't get to spitball it. Yeah, it's right here. Um, yeah, I thought I thought uh, Kurt Russell was really good um, as his dad and. As it turns out, he makes quite a turn in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. There's a part early on where they show Kurt Russell when he's with Peter Quill's mother, mm-hmm. and it shows him sort of planting this weird blue plant. This not ominous at all. Not ominous flower. at all. Will not come back later in the movie whatsoever. Um, it turns out he's been planting these on every planet he well, goes every to. Every civilized planet he can find. Or- and he had just been looking for an error um basically well you go if you have an idea of what like he he's a celestial but he wasn't powerful enough to accomplish his goal of like blowing up all planets 
He's trying to uh, turn them into himself. He's trying to kind of absorb them, I think. Uh, but he didn't have enough power by himself, and so he needed yeah. another celestial. And so what he thought is he could have a kid, and that kid would be a celestial. Mm-hmm. But then it turned out that uh, Peter Quo was the only one who who maintained, like who yeah, the DNA the was power. showing up. Yeah, yeah. So like all the other ones were just normal kids. And then so ego is a living planet, mm-hmm. and he is a cele- he is a celestial. Yeah. So he can make his planet look like anything he wants. Yes. And so at one point, Gamora and Nebula are having their, I want you just to be my sister fight. No, I Mm -hmm. want you to be my sister fight. Uh And they stumble upon a pile of bones. Mm -hmm. A big pile of bones. A big (laughs) pile of bones, which are Ego's former children. His progeny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why are they still there? If he is the if he is the planet if he is the planet basement. if he's the planet and he can make his planet look like anything he wants, why does he have a mystery cave with bodies in it? I think he gets ambivalent at some point where like you don't even think about that. Did seem very close to the surface. I'll give you that. <laughs> but also but, like there's they're there piled they're piled there. So to- somebody <laughs> has like moved them from his chamber to the the mystery cave i mean maybe it's as simple as like he had mantis or someone literally take the desecrated bodies of like but he's a planet why wouldn't he just like ship them all like like he could remove the gravity for like a minute and just like let the bodies float into space hmm. i guess but i i don't know it's it's his core planet i was right. gonna start singing let the bodies hit the floor sorry. <laughs> <laughs> let the bodies, well, don't let the let bodies me, hit the atmosphere well don't let me stop you the new um, drowning pool hit let the bodies hit the atmosphere i, I guess the other uh, the, the simple one is, of course is so that the plot can move along and there there can be they can be confirmation confirmation that he has done something nefarious but like i don't know he just a, a part that he never thought anyone would go to also why would you why would you also leave that lush gardeny part of the planet to go anywhere but the mis- to go to the to mystery the, cave the, the, with a sign outside that said secret boneyard yeah. um please turn around yeah i don't know I, I just i feel like at some point he gets used to walking around and and jetting around in his thing on his you know to other planets and stuff and it just doesn't uh doesn't come up yeah i feel like it was he has, just, a, he has enough lazy. other things to do you don't want to tidy up you yeah maybe it was just like underneath the killing machine or something like that and just dropped him down there he, he is a, a killing machine thing, i don't so. know i don't know I guess we never saw his killing machine. It could maybe he just, just sent lead. him to the the cave and then they starved to death or something. Did you think like it that. was too quick of a turn for him as a villain? Like how kind of quickly he was spraying his plan or like did did it make him it's hard in a to, way that like most movie villains, whenever like they seem like the nice guy and then all of a sudden one one bit of their plot comes out and all of a sudden they are the most evil character. In that way, I guess yes. Well, as you as Max pointed out, the the plan boils down to like I'm I live forever, but I have to live forever forever alone. So I want to spread myself and become everything yeah. because because I live forever. Every other piece of life I've interacted with is finite. Yeah. So he has it's a hard character to approach because it's he's coming from this place of like a god where he's like, So you know how like I live forever? It's like, well, no. Like that's of course it's hard for me to understand. Like I only have so much time. Yeah. So it did feel a little bit like the way that almost every other superhero movie is a big laser shooting into the sky and doing something to the sure. planet it was kind of like this is a blob but it's on every planet and it's just all me and so it felt kind of generic in that sense but i guess it was slightly interesting to have it be like it is a harder villain to to understand for that reason like he he's lonely and he wants to like be everywhere and be everything and now that he's found his son 
he feels like that's all that he needs to to do yeah um i don't know i i just feel like it's a it's a tough one though to kind of rein in kurt russell himself was um talking about the character uh in an interview afterwards and he was saying that like it's yeah it's something that you could never understand and that if he were to be approached by a god who had lived for like so many eons beyond what he has and that he would just kind of assume that they had the answers and that if they told him to like go on a killing rampage that he probably would he wouldn't make the choice that peter quill did you should keep an eye on kurt russell maybe (laughs) that that seems completely extreme to me but i i think there are a lot of people who uh, who share his uh, views (laughs) sure probably sure um but what did an, you, I, I thought it was an interesting thing to think about. And that's one sure. thing that you don't always get from a villain is like interesting concepts and, and yeah. things like, oh, maybe, Versus like, maybe they are. Right. I just want this planet to be destroyed because I'm mad at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and like for so like Doctor Strange, for example, there was a big crazy god that they had to fight. Yeah. And but his thing was very generally like, I just want to destroy Earth stuff that is an antimatter or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, OK. But a creative approach to that and a creative approach to defeating that villain so i just thought it was an interesting it was an interesting take i'm not certain if it was 100 percent successful but i i liked that that approach to things what did you guys think of the final action sequence kind of like attacking the because they end up attacking like the core of the planet they find out that the way to defeat ego is by destroying the core of the planet where his brain is mm-hmm. a and, literal brain in yeah. a bubble um what did you guys think of that um, set piece I thought it was fun. I liked the mining ship with the lasers. I thought that was like a fun, a fun vehicle. Like it was, it was cool that there was like a brand new vehicle, a brand new kind of uh, thing to kind of uh, uh, move the scene along. And the sovereign show up again, so you yeah. have like sort of a second battle with these drones again. Um, yeah, it felt like there was a lot going on. Again, they're like almost com- completely separated up until the very, very end. I guess did it feel more like an Avengers fight scene? then I, I guess it, it kind of took me out because I, not that it, not that I thought it was a bad fight scene or anything, but because guardians to me feels almost separate from the rest of the Marvel universe and that they don't so interact with least, the characters. Yeah. I sometimes forget that it's a part of the same universe as the Avengers mm-hmm. and just the way that the scene was filmed, I guess filmed, um, where they're like, you see Yondu fighting with somebody and then you scroll down and then there's rocket fighting with somebody and you scroll mm-hmm. down, there's mm-hmm. Drax fighting and then there's Quill fighting and then there's Nebula fighting. It just felt like you check in with each character in a one continuous shot. And it, yeah, feel, sure. it felt very Avengers. It's e to me. I always think of it as the, the thing that FX will have their logo fly up in the, the movies. You mean? Cause yes. FX has the movies. Yeah. Or like the stinger where it says Guardians this Friday at seven, and and when it comes to TV, they have to have that shot of all the heroes in a ring. That, that one, that one Avengers shot where it's like them it's, circling around, and cocking yeah. the gun, and everyone is just landing for a second, and no one's hitting, attacking them for a second, so yeah. they can have this hero moment. So there's all of those things at work that are just that is what is going to happen. And admittedly, like they're trying to flesh all these characters out more. So like I feel the pressure on them to like give everyone enough screen time. If they, if they don't, someone's going to complain about it. feels like there was a little, quite a bit cut. Um, there was some, definitely some ancillary stuff. Like, uh, did you hear about Nathan Fillion's cameos in the as movie? Wonder Man? Yeah. As Wonder yeah. Man was cut from the movie. Mm-hmm. And so some stuff where like you were mentioning, like it might've benefited Max from like trimming the fat on a few scenes, but mm-hmm. like it also felt like 
they had to they had to trim. There's a lot going it. on. Yeah, yeah a lot mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that he wanted to put in there for sure. Mm-hmm. What did did you guys like some of the f- more fleshed out characters? Like we got more in this movie certainly from Nebula and Yondu than we did in the previous movies. Mm-hmm. Did you like their like the getting more out of their characters than we did? Yeah, first time? I, I like the concept. I like the general ideas. I think that it was a little bit ham fisted when they when they tried to pull the it delivery. Off. Yeah, exactly. yeah, because I liked hearing more about like nebula and and gamora and stuff but you're not wrong that it's kind of like hey i'm bringing up the thing now that we've been dealing with all this time and not talking about on screen and it's like okay and i'm finally connecting it to you in a way that you'll understand here in this one moment even though we've been we've been around each other for and these are pretty much the lines if if they weren't the lines if they were like the subtext (laughs) yeah then it would be a bit better but they pretty much and and it's and it's this other thing where it's a pg-13 movie but the first half talks about dicks the whole time and (laughs) yeah and also but like they have to make sure that like the kids that are inevitably going to go see this get it, but you don't want to make them feel stupid, but you don't want to make the movie feel stupid and feel like it's being dumb for you too. I sure it's trying to please a lot of people, and and I I can see where it's suffering a bit on the, some of those fronts. Uh, the one thing that I like kind of tried to explain away, like oh why would they do this? I heard a story from the last movie about how um, the sister wrote in, I think, or uh, a girl wrote into uh, James Gunn about her brother who um like really started liking drax and uh her brother's on the like autism spectrum Mm -hmm. and is like finally i have a hero that like kind of understands me the fact that he doesn't get sarcasm that he doesn't get this stuff and so it was like he really uh like glommed onto that and he he enjoyed that he was represented in a movie through through drax and i was like oh that's that's interesting so yeah. I was like, what if James Gunn heard the story and then uh, decided to write all his dialogue to like, <laughs> be explicitly stated rather than uh, no metaphor, yeah. yeah, right on the surface. I and yeah, you. I mean, you joke, but like some of that stuff, like you're not wrong, was definitely delivered in a very like, oof. We only have this many seconds, minutes in this scene, so I we need to deliver this stuff pretty straightforward. Yeah, I did think some of the uh, like I I know it, it is kind of corny and ham fisted, but I did. I did like some of the stuff about like Nebula just wanted a sister, even mm-hmm. though it doesn't really line up with how she acted in the first movie mm-hmm. all but, that much. But when you have more of the information of like to, she never felt like Gamora felt like she wanted a sister. Gamora was trying yeah. to prevent herself from getting cybernetically enhanced, prevent herself from looking weak in front of Thanos. There's nothing to imply that he wouldn't have killed either one of them outright. If yeah. he was just like done with their, with them failing him or something. Yeah. So I thought I thought some of this that stuff landed pretty well, and I, I I for me it didn't feel superfluous to have Nebula, you know, sort of have those feelings about about Gamora, you know, mm-hmm. like you wanted you wanted a a fight, I wanted a sister. I I like the like I said I like the idea of all of it. I just the delivery. Yeah, the delivery is the only thing that I have a problem with. I because I, I yeah I think it's. Of course, you're going to have a sister, and you had to address this at some point. I just sure. think that it was a, a little bit, uh, like on the on the nose. Yeah, exactly. um, and I also I liked Yondu, sort of getting fleshed out a little more too. Yeah, me too. I, yeah. I really yeah. liked. I think that helped his backstory more. Yeah, and I think it helped. You know, like because the, the end of this of the first movie, um, they say something about Quill. Him and Sean Gunn are having that conversation. Also, I think Sean Gunn was great in this movie too. Yeah, yeah. Um, where he says something about, isn't his dad going to be mad that we never delivered him? He goes, oh, that guy's a dick anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he's a little more than a dick. He's a, he's a, yeah. well, and a, he's just a maniac. That, yeah, he's just saying that to his crew member, but like 
the the turnaround in this film is that Yondu has been delivering children to was, yeah delivering any of the children that that Ego created with different you know uh, females throughout the galaxy um, back to him and doing it just for money on the side while he was working with Stallone and the other Ravagers with when he was working with the original Guardians of the Galaxy yeah and the Ravager code is that you would not deal in children or do anything like that so when they found out they kicked him out and Yondu at you know at that point or right at that point had realized that what ego was using them for and that he that he was ego lied and said he was taking care of the kids or they wouldn't be harmed yeah but he was really using them as like these these temporary batteries to power himself up so to his credit he realized the mistake he was making and kept peter for that exact reason so i like that turn in the first movie that there's this parental thing and i i think another criticism i heard is that it's like he's a really he's a crappy guy that like tries to redeem himself at the end but like there are all these kind of like scallywag space pirates. So like I, he's a flawed character, but I, I like that there's a bit at the end where, and we can get into it at some point where he says like, you know, I've never done anything right. Like, just give me this. Let me try, let me try and do something good for once purely. So I I liked his arc in this one. But it, I mean, it's also like, it didn't just happen at the end where he's like, okay, now I'm going to do something good. Like he did something good 20 or 30, however many years ago when he when he didn't deliver it it wasn't that um, but i think in his mind like he never made that he never made it right to how how much he had sacrificed these other children mm-hmm. for his own gain yeah i think even though he didn't know what what ego was doing with these kids i think he I, never let it get off his conscience that he never quite made I, good do you on you mean that. like the way I, that I Stallone mean, and him were running around and being guardians themselves at some point and being good or what or I'm thinking more of like uh, fans watching that. Like, oh. I thought that's what you you were saying that critics were kind of saying like, oh, this is the the uh, bad guy oh. who's just like good at the end. Oh, sure, sure. Well, and, and, to and me, it's like, well, he's actually been good for yeah, for not a pure bad guy in that sense, but just like even. you know, it's a whole thing in the first movie that he's you know he tortured Quill and you know maybe not literally, but like was always had this threat over his head of like all oh, these Veravagers just want to eat you and just kind of like there's obviously this very strained relationship where. Uh, you know he's he's raising him but it's almost always under this it was not something that peter it was asked under the for. guise of i i just want you around to help me steal things but yeah he was as as corny as it, it ended up being mm-hmm. I, this really did kind of touch me i like he ended up being the dad that yeah. he peter did, wanted all along peter wanted all along and didn't know and, that yeah, I, and the, we have to mention so how is this for themes because this is what our third vin diesel movie how many daddy... Yeah, this is a very... A lot of movies this year have had Well, it's a, very, a time of dads and grads. Yeah. Because so. um, I, I was going to comment, yeah, like there's a lot of... Well, this familial, is the month of moms and proms. But. Yeah. A lot of familial issues, a lot of dad stuff and relationships in general, but a lot of like, yeah, hashing that kind of stuff out. It's yeah. not... It seems to be just the real running theme with all these films so far. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, so slight spoiler alert for the end of the movie um yondu sacrifices himself um he only has one jetpack and one like breathing suit left and since quill when they spoiler alert i I know this will surprise everybody they defeat ego and win the day so the reason why quill didn't die in the first movie when he touched the infinity stone or went into space is because he was part celestial but when how come Ronan could touch it? 
Because he was just mad? Because he's mad. Because he was pretty mad. Because he's super mad. Okay. Yeah, um, he's got, got it. a case of the grumps. So uh, Yondu sacrifices himself, gives him, because without ego now, Quill is just human. He has no longer any celestial power. Well, he still has celestial, but doesn't have any powers, we yeah. assume. Um, so he he takes him into space. He puts the spacesuit on him, and Yondu sacrifices himself for uh. Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have a big funeral for Yondu at the end. It's a very Star Wars esque like celebration. I, I, I that was the part of the movie that I got the most emotional during. I, I cried. Oh yeah, so yeah. hard during that. That was like because I feel like I've never. It's been a long time since they've done like and and of course it's a very uh, uh very unique and incredible like funeral and send off that you don't get to see like yeah you get the Viking funeral ship in movies and you get like. That we get a lot of space ones casket and the thing that shoots out and stuff, but something about this was just very like emotional and like it's also like this redemption. Uh, we mentioned part of his story where like all the other ravagers that had um, basically uh, shunned Yondu, shunned him, yeah, have show up, come back and fire off. Uh, basically, it's like their chaff or their flares for their yeah. ship, but it is it's fireworks. This technicolor of fireworks that are just like so. That so scene hit me I, hard. I, th- I think it was Sean Gunn's reaction. Like, yeah. The fact that he had lost everything and he had put so much into Yondu. He Yondu kind of got Yondu in, into that position. Like he yeah. inadvertently caused a mutiny. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think but, it was the line where they're, you know, Quill's giving his eulogy. The line that really hit me was he just goes, I had, I had a pretty cool dad. Mm, like yeah. that for some reason, just, I just start crying so hard during that. And I think Rocket says something. He says like, he, "I guess he was just like me." He was like, <laughs> he, he says like, he wasn't a bad guy. And, and he says, he didn't even need to steal those batteries. And he says it, he says it that way. But he's talking about himself. Yeah. But in a way, Yondu did keep a battery he didn't need, which was Peter. Yeah. He didn't give him to Ego. Yeah. And raised a son. So I thought that was very cool. And it was playing that Cat Stevens song about. Yeah. Growing up and oof, I thought that that might have been maybe the strongest now that I think about it, the strongest song to a scene for this film. I yeah. think that one like really hit it, hit it hard. Yeah. Um and then we get a lot of after credit scenes. <laughs> How many after credit scenes were I want to say five. five. I, yeah, think I think it's five. five. Yeah. Um, did you guys like them? Did you stay I, for all of them? I stayed I for did. all of them. Yeah. yeah. I think they should have uh sped up. I think they should have like comes though and then let like, you got like the the last three just like right in a row yeah but sure if, but it was a nice palate cleanser yeah. and everything was was very serious at the end like literally the last shot of this movie is a raccoon crying and yeah it is still like very heavy and and awesome can i because i'm pretty sure that they are going to be in they're in infinity war right the guardians that's uh, been confirmed yeah, yeah, yeah still so. not the i don't know what the new title is going to be but i yes, thought the, i thought this movie would get them like at least infinity closer to earth, earth. yeah like um, it would, it would show them like, hey, what are we gonna do now? And and like, there's like an emergency flashing or something. But, They're like, oh, we have to get back to. Well, Earth. that's the uh, nice thing though, is that there's all this space in between with uh, all these other hero movies to to build up to that, and they can show up whenever. They could hyperdrive to the to. Well, we only have moon. two more movies in between this and the next. Do you think like in Thor they well, come across I, the Guardians? I feel like I've heard that they're not I think going so. to. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm saying it I right now. Right. Okay, so. <laughs> Robert has confirmed yeah. officially. Yeah. Uh, I, but what I think is that, uh, the stakes of the infinity, uh, war movie is 
is going to be so big that it, and it's going to be so galactic and Thanos is coming in from sure outside like everyone is coming in from outside they're going to set up Thor and Hulk outside of Earth they've got the Guardians outside of Earth they got Thanos outside of Earth so everyone is outside of Earth and uh, I don't think it'll take them like I, I don't think they need to start at Earth yeah. I don't think Peter Quill needs to be on Earth at the beginning yeah. of the movie. I, I like think they those, could sure. easily bring him in when yeah. everybody is out there. Yeah. And I think if I'm not mistaken, like there's a, so there's an after credit scene that teases Adam Warlock. Um, yeah. The sovereign has are creating an even more perfect being and they just show sort of an incubation pod and, and it's heavily implied that that's going to be that character mm-hmm. who I believe in the comics has an infinity uh, stone in them. But the I think uh, interviews are saying that he's not going to be in Infinity War, he, but he'll be introduced in later. Guardians oh. 3 after it's all done. So yeah. Hmm. Who knows? Interesting. The theories on where the last uh, stone, are. stone are is, where the last stone is. Will be. Will be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think one of the major ones is that it's in Heimdall, the... Uh, the the, oh, the Asgardian the, the played by Idris Elba yeah because he's got the yellow or he's got the orange eyes and orange is like the next stone color oh, interesting and he it's like a soul gem and then one thing he said that he could see all the souls in the galaxy from where interesting he stands. that's that would be a, a real sneaker on that on that infinity stone but that would be interesting that would be yeah easier to uh, easier to, to pull that character up and do that mm-hmm. and he's in the trailer for uh Thor. yeah yeah cutting stuff up um so yeah, we had the the first after credit scene is Sean Gunn sort of trying to master Yondu's arrow mm-hmm. and shooting tracks with it. Yeah, I love that red fin too. I thought Yondu's yeah. fin. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. Super awesome. They gave yeah. him the real one, the big tall yeah. one. Yeah. Um. What's the the third? So the second one is the Sovereign. Um. There's one with teenage Groot, which will probably be in the next movie. So I think by the time they get to Earth, I think he's probably going to be. If not all the way back to adult Groot, I you may be right. Mm-hmm. I think the teenage Groot was more just a sort of a. Stinger. Would you like a movie with a teenage Groot, an angsty Groot? It would be funny just for like, compa- like comparative, like sure, just to see know. his different stages and yeah, stuff. I think you might be, be right though that maybe it was just a throwaway gag. Yeah. Um. What else? Oh, there was a reference to an earlier kind of uh, scene with um the Watchers and. <sighs> that's oh, right yeah. they did show the watchers yeah, we, in the movie yeah i'm glad they introduced those guys yeah so there's a scene where they sort of fly by this moon and there's three watchers and stan lee stan lee's sort of telling them like a long-winded story and i it's the story of like all the cameos that he's played so do yes. you have you guys heard that theory that he plays the same character in every movie he is well the one theory was that he is a watcher and then like kind of like consistently is like running into or seeing these characters uh-huh. because he's like yeah going through all these things um what, then, what if stanley ends up being uatu the watcher that's that was the rumor but then the criticism that was leveled against gun level yeah i make it sound so serious yeah um he says and then one time i was a, a fedex delivery guy yeah what he says in the movie but the events of that film haven't taken place yet i think in the in the timeline like that's right yeah because yeah, the movie says like 34 uh, years after 1980, th- whatever. After 1980. So the movie takes place in 2014. Which means Winter Soldier and stuff happened after that, which means yeah. that he hasn't been that yet. But but James Gunn was just like, well, maybe he's played another FedEx delivery guy earlier. So there, <laughs> there. I've explained it away. But also, if let's let's 
talked about the actual thing. If he's actually a watcher and can be wherever, whenever, then it it doesn't matter. He yeah. could be, he could be relaying things he's did in the future at that point. Correct. It doesn't make it any less hard to digest. So, but I, do, I, I feel do, like in in all the what, cameos that that I liked that one a lot. Yeah, yeah, I like that cameo. I just don't I, I don't see him as a watcher. I don't. I've never heard of watchers being. Like looking anything like, but they, that. I, they look like watchers. They yeah, all, they can all they look not, like that. And, can they not transform or, or walk among people? Has it ever been established? You know, not that I know of. I don't I mean, know. Not any watchers I know of. I, <laughs> hey, not my watcher. <laughs> I I uh, feel like if you could just change into whoever you were like you wanted to be, why would you choose that big bald forehead weird looking? They look cool, dude. They look sick. Um, and then I'm I maybe I'm there's a on. there's a scene with Sly Stallone. Oh, that's Ving right. Rhames. Um, I don't know who the who's Michelle the female Yen. Michelle, Michelle Yen, um, Yo. Yo. Michelle Yo. Oh yeah, from like Crouching Yo. Tiger right. and Dragon. Um, Michael Rosenbaum. Oh yeah, that he uh, he's the like Lex crystallized yeah. yeah, and then voice of the Flash. And then Miley Cyrus plays. Oh yeah, <laughs> one but, uh, does uh, the, the talking voice, helmet, the talking yeah. helmet, um, um, and also the. Uh, there was a magic user, the red dragon guy, the red like crimson like magic guy who did like oh yeah yeah Doctor yeah. Strange symbols. He's like the Sorcerer Supreme of uh, space. Yeah, yeah. Thought that was cool. Mm-hmm, I like mm-hmm. even if it's again just if it's a throwaway thing or a tease to be like, hey, Super Guardians fans. Yeah, we remember that these were the original guys. Like it was still a fun, it's just like a fun thing to see, and it really mm-hmm. didn't make any. It didn't make a takeaway or an ad story wise. It was just kind of a fun sure. thing to do. A mm-hmm. little Jeff Goldblum is a. Uh, the grandmaster was on one of the yeah. sides of the credits too. Yeah, I thought that was kind mm-hmm. of a fun thing to do too. Is they like as the credits are rolling, they have like one like they would sort of replace people's names with "I am Groot" and then like it would sort of phase back into their name. Mm-hmm. And then as it's going on, they just have shots of like the characters dancing or doing something mm-hmm. fun. I just think like stuff like that is is fun and a break from just like black and white credits. Yeah. yeah. Well, great. That takes was us it, to the end of the movie. Wasn't there also Howard the Duck somewhere? He was in the movie. He, he was, was when they go to the that space like, brothel. Oh, he wasn't part of that. Not credit, at the so end of credit. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Da-da-da. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was a good one. Mm-hmm. Good. I, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, uh, Yeah. High uh, high standard to live up to. I thought you were going to say hi yeah. to somebody. <laughs> hi, Hi, uh, Hi, Jamie. Um, no, it just it had a lot to... I think... A lot of sequels are are on that, uh, you know, are are, are put up to quite a standard. So yeah. I, I feel like it it succeeded in some ways and and maybe not in much as others. But um, sure, yeah, overall, I think I, I really like the movie. I yeah. I feel like I maybe complained about it a lot, but mm-hmm. I I like it a lot. I it's not without its flaws, but mm-hmm. I would say it's definitely worth going to see. Yeah. Oh, I want to. I really want to. Like, I liked it. I really enjoyed myself, but I would like to see that movie with the whatever thirty seconds trimmed out. That, that sure, really bugged the thirty second max cut. We'll get your yeah. fan cut. Yeah, thirty yeah. seconds shaved off the whole movie. Yeah, I think it would. Have, it's strange, but it would have made a big difference for me. Interesting. Hey, uh, Doctor Strange came out in November. That was strange. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, so guys, we have two announcements to make. First being our next movie, which we have discussed and decided will be Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman! With Gal Gadot and Chris Pine Tree. And Mm -hmm. the second announcement is that we're going to be going to two eps per month. Oh my God. Baby, baby. Baby. That's exciting. So what the the idea will be, we have not selected a day of the week yet, 
But the idea will be, this will come out every two weeks on a certain day. Could be Monday. Could be Tuesday. Maybe Wednesday. Not Wednesday. It's not going to be Wednesday. Okay. Well, what, what do you think about Thursday? We'll see. <laughs> okay. Uh, Friday? We'll talk about this after the podcast. <laughs> okay, great. I'm not even going to bring up the weekend. Um, so, yeah, it will come out on a specific day every week, which will bring some consistency to your lives and our lives too, which will mm. be great. Mm. 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 So those are the two announcements. I hope you're all excited. As excited as I am. I'm very excited. So excited. Okay. So <laughs> great. Max is excited. I'm excited. Robert, you're going to weigh in on I'm this? I'm confirming excitement levels are high over wow. here. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Affirmative. Affirmative. Okay. Well, uh, that'll do it for us today. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode and we enjoyed bringing it to you and uh, we're enjoying each other's company and we will see you next time. See you next time. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, it's me, the old uh, famous boxer himself, Sylvester Stallone, aka the Rock Man, Rocky Balboa. I just wanted to say, hello. Uh, hey, uh, Sly, why don't you let me step in here? Hey, everybody, it's Andrew from the Gentleman Overlords podcast. I just wanted to say, actually, my friend Sylvester wanted to say before I rudely interrupted him that uh, if you care to. Um, Go to the Gentleman Overlords Facebook page, at Gentleman Overlords on Facebook. Uh, you can leave us a message or check out what we're going to be doing in the future, uh, what's going to be our next movie, anything like that. You can uh, chat with us on there. Um, or if you like, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can leave us a review there as well. And, uh, yeah, anything else you want to say before we go, Sly? Hey, uh, to all the kids out there, yeah, uh, you know, keep on fighting, uh, Rocky style, just knock them out, you know what I'm talking about? Well, like, Mr. Stallone, I don't think we want to encourage violence on the podcast here. Uh, hey, kid, uh, why don't you shut up before uh, Rocky over here, but uh, it shows you a real one-two punch, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, okay, I'm sorry, Mr. Stallone, uh, alright, I think I better go before I get myself into another, uh, beating. Alright. See you later, everybody. Goodbye.